All right, it is a Friday. We got a special Friday. Tyler McComas out. Pierce is in. We'll be taking you all the way into the evening. What's going on, dude? You are um, winging it, right? You just found yeah. out. Thirty seconds before I walked on uh, with Parker, they told me that I was I will be on air. Haven't done a whole lot of that. I just kind of thought I was going to be producing the shows today, but I'm happy to be on here with you. Oh, that's easy for you. You're a natural. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We can hit all kinds of stuff today. Uh, we'll start with football and then probably end up doing a little bit of football stuff and then probably wrap it up with some spring football there towards the end. You know, that's that's typically what we, what we do on this show. Um, what's So I heard you and um, Parker talking about some stuff. The recruiting rules have changed a bit, huh? Yeah. And – I guess that has a lot of people questioning if University of Oklahoma head football coach Brent Venables needs to change his approach. That would be so, correct. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. Uh, I I feel like I feel like the approach he has is working. I feel like the fact that kids can take more official visits really, and I'd like to see what the text line thinks on this. I know they they are. Uh, very opinionated whenever it comes to some of the recruiting stuff. And I'll be honest with you, for me, I obviously I follow the recruiting stuff with Parker, with Tyler, and, and what's going on. I follow it more now than I ever have. But I guess to me, I don't, I don't see much of a change. Right? His, his philosophy has been don't commit until you're sure. Are we saying, are we suggesting now that it should be, since you can take more visits, commit to us before you're sure? See, I think I think the only way this negatively affects OU is the same way it's going to negatively affect all of the other top programs in college football that have that recruiting prowess mm-hmm. um, across the landscape is these guys are going to be taking all these. I feel like, so what we talked about, for example – a guy that wants to go get a spot at OU, OU can only give out 56 official visits. Right. So if they're giving out all these official visits to these big-time recruits, these five stars, and these five stars go other places, then these three or four stars can't get those visits to OU. So I feel like those kind of players will trickle down to some of these smaller schools, like a Kansas State, like a Texas Tech. And I feel like the parity in, in, in college football will be a little bit the, – the talent pool may be a little bit more dispersed now. That's the only way it's I could good see thing. it negatively. Yeah, I, I think it's good for, for college football. I You know, there's already, there's already players that offer Hunt a little bit, right? And, you know, there's guys that want to take a visit somewhere to say that they took a visit to this school or that school whenever they know that they're going somewhere else. So I don't know that anything really has changed other than the fact that maybe schools are going to be a little bit more selective in, in who they allow an official to, you know, right now, I I think there's already some of that going on. You know, I think whenever someone says they want to take an official visit, to Oklahoma and it's a five-star kid I think that they're usually pretty they make themselves pretty available for that but if if 
if they're on, like, they've got a they got a big staff up there, and if they're onto it, and they think a kid's just wanting to take the tour of the country and and hit all of the top schools, but you know they already feel like he's pretty locked in on going to Ohio State or wherever it may be, then they'll probably just have to be a little bit more selective. And I feel like they kind of already are in a sense. I think they know who they're in on and who they're not, and I think they. They know who's a long shot, but maybe they have an avenue that they can work and they'll facilitate that. I don't like right now, Oklahoma and, and probably most of the schools that are in Oklahoma's tier, I I think you have a you've got a, a handful of schools that are above our tier, Georgia, Alabama, uh, Ohio State. And I'm talking recruiting tier, you know, and maybe there's a, another one or two in there, but I feel like we're probably that next tier. I, those schools, I, if they're in on a kid and that kid is pretty like somewhat locked in, I don't think Oklahoma goes down those avenues very often unless they've got an in. I mean, I feel like what Parker talked about is there are certain guys that you got to take a swing at. You know, there are certain – there's a talent pool out there where even if you've got a long shot, you've got to take that shot just because of the sheer talent that they bring. You might just see a lot less of that. So some of these big name guys, you might end up seeing kind of teams, schools run away with them in, in a way. Just, you know, if you like, if OU thinks they don't really have a shot give up early and go find some other four star that they feel more confident about. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting to think about. I don't know how it's going to, going to affect things but I don't think I don't think really it changes what Oklahoma's approach should be and Venable's approach should be all he's ever really said he's not saying don't go take visits elsewhere he's never said that all he's saying is if you're committing we want that to be a true commitment if you're committing to us then you've done the process you've done the research you visited the place you've places you want to visit and you've decided that you want to go to Oklahoma, so you're going to commit. And that commitment is uh, something that they don't think is just uh, something that you throw around. It's supposed to mean something. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think there's any reason to change that. But we'll see. I could be wrong. I'm sure there's – there's. you know, I, I like this rule change. I think it's good. I think you know some of the calendar dates are going to give coaches a little bit more time and – I like all of that, but just like anything else, I'm sure there's going to be some unforeseen circumstances, right? And we'll just kind of have to see how that, that all that plays out. I mean, one thing we talked about is there are going to be some recruits that are just going to take some of these visits. Like we brought up Hawaii, for example. Hawaii is going to have some recruit at some point take up an official visit just to go see Hawaii. Just say take a little vacation. The, say they've been to Hawaii, right? Yeah, and I don't know if that's going to be as much of a problem as people think it will be. You know, it's it's funny to think, you know, in your head about you know how funny this would be if this guy just goes and uses that one and it would suck for Hawaii. But I don't think that'll be a huge problem yeah. in the future. But I think the biggest thing that I'll be watching for each year is who is going to go on the most official visits and watch that record just stack up. Yeah. Just see them stack up and see how high. Because the, there's going to be a guy in each class for sure that is just going to so many different schools he's testing the waters every conference 
and then at the end he's going to pick the one that everyone thought he was going to the entire time. And I think right. that'll be fun to watch each recruiting cycle. Yeah. Um yeah, we'll see what happens with it. Uh, here's a text, which, by the way, 651-3439. Hit the text line for us today. Uh, what's the difference between an official visit and an unofficial visit? An official visit is the only time whenever the university can pay for your travel and lodging and all of those things that come with traveling to a school and, and visiting. Is there anything that's off the table that they can't pay for on that trip? I'm sure. I don't know exactly what what all is there, but the the official just means that they're footing the bill to get you in to to watch and to tour and to uh, meet with the staff, and you know they'll have meals and all of that stuff together. So. That's that's the that's the gist of what it is. Now, there's there's way more rules to it than that and I don't know all of the rules, but it's just where the university can pay to have you travel in. Um here's a text from uh 319 area code. I think places like Hawaii will have a good barometer as to who they actually have a chance with and those that are fishing for cool trips. And that's the thing. Like if you're Hawaii, I it's not like whenever someone says I want to take an official visit to Hawaii. Like Hawaii's like, oh, dang, we're on the hook for that. No, they've got to foot the bill. So it's a two-way street. And I'm sure that they're going to take a good, honest look at, at who's wanting to fly. It ain't it ain't cheap to fly to Hawaii, right? So I imagine they are very cautious with who they allow to take visits. Parker brought up a really good point, and I don't know if it will happen, but it'll be interesting to see if anybody takes the mindset of, you're not going to give anyone an official visit. If people are going to come and they're going to go see your school, it's going to have to be unofficial until they commit or something like that. So they know for a fact, if you are coming to go see on an unofficial visit, you want to be there. And you're not going to shell out this money. They want to be there. And you're getting a group of guys that really want to see your school. I don't know if that will happen, but it could be interesting to see a school kind of take a stab at that. Yeah. I'm just I'm laughing at the text line from the 310 area code. Uh, whenever you ask, like, what are, are there limitations on what they can pay for and not uh, 310, a school probably can't pay for strippers on an official visit. I think that's probably correct. I like how that's, they say probably. Though. Yeah, it's it, a, it, you know, it's in the realm of possibilities still, but probably I guess not. All depends on how you classify the payment, and like, that's true. Yeah, that's I, true. If it's just a little, uh, little cash, cash envelope to just go out in the town a little bit, you know, maybe they can do that. Right. Well, I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see how all of that unfolds, and uh, I think there's more changes coming with that as well. You know, this has been something coming for a while that that kind of the coaches have been talking about. I think they like resetting the schedule a little bit is something that was much needed. Like these, the calendar just beats the coaches into the ground. Like there is never any time at all where they're not hosting or on the, on, you know, the road trying to see different guys. It's, it's tough, but you know, I think, um, I think this overall is going to end up being something good, and there'll be a little bit of maneuvering around early to see exactly what the best uh, best route's going to be. Uh, Guy says, I'm pretty sure Miami pays for strippers. Could be. 
Could be. 405 says Colorado can as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Colorado, I think that's uh, – it's already a destination with, with Dion out there, prime. Uh, but I'm sure it's a heavy visited campus for uh, reasons I think we can all wrap our head around. Uh, did you see some of that video that uh, that they let out of Travis Hunter? Yeah, yeah. Some spring practice Playing with some walk-ons or something. The local high school team. I noticed in the comment section, and I noticed myself. It looks like a team of very small stature, doesn't it? I feel bad for like the kid who you know got burnt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's just trying to practice. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel bad because he's getting cooked on social media. Thankfully, they don't have the numbers or names on the back of the jerseys. So right. his, 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 his identity is at least a little bit hidden. So I don't know if he's been outed yet. But, man, I feel like Travis Hunter's not even getting, you know, quality reps at that point. You yeah. know, you're not going up against guys that will be covering him in, you know, come season. Here's so. the thing, too. Like, and I'm not suggesting this is Travis Hunter, but – there are guys in practice when it comes to one-on-ones, comes to Oklahoma drill, like this starts in Little League, all right? And I know everyone listening has done this. You start counting who's in line over there and where, where who am I Man, matched up with? I used with? to sue the same. I was a really small <laughs> kid in junior high, and so I would look at the other line and make sure that the dude I was matched up with wasn't bigger than me. So I didn't get hurt on that play. I wasn't a great football player. Or else, like, if you're matched up with the wrong guy, guess what? You got to tie your shoe real quick. Hey, oh, why don't you yeah. jump in front of me? My hamstring's just been feeling a little off. Yeah. You know, I, I need to go stretch it a little bit. Yeah. And you know, and Timmy, that's behind you at the point, like, no, I'm not going against him. Are you crazy? Absolutely not. It's like a shuffling of the deck the entire time. Yeah. So I'm not suggesting that that's what happened with Travis Hunter, but I guess it was his first rep of the spring. And he was, they were probably pretty selective as to who that rep was going to be against. Yeah, most likely, for but sure. I'm still interested to see what happens with, with Colorado. I know they appeared on that quick little video release that was all mashed together to, to be a JV squad. I mean, they did look small, but I don't know. Sometimes it's hard to get a real perspective on – on what what they're actually like, just from some clips like that, you never know. So that's it's going to be fun to watch, if anything. So, all right, let's hit an opening timeout. Hit the text line. Tyler's not here. That means I've got control of the text line. Well, we both uh, have control of the text line, but it can be dangerous whenever I'm running the text line. So hit us up six five one three four three nine. We'll be back. Rush is back in studio today, 651-3439 on the text line. Um, we got plenty of stuff to get to. Oh, let's see. Kendall says maybe Dion got the intramural flag football team to pad up for practice to uh, to make his guys look good. Perhaps just put some, uh, some blocking dummies out there. It's like a necessary roughness when they brought in the, the local team from the prison. I guess that's the opposite of what happened in that one, though. But perhaps. Um, there's some some good stuff on here. Tyler from Kellyville. I think recruits should be limited to 69 visits. Uh, unlimited is way too much. Totally agree. Um, but, you know, it's, it's coming with this whole, I don't know, um, trying to 
if there is like a such a power structure, but trying to shift some of this stuff back to the players, right? We've got we got the transfer portal. We've got the NIL stuff. We've got now we've got unlimited visits. There's a reason for the limit on the visits. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what it is, but I'm sure there's a reason they came up with that. Um, it's you continue to pull the reins off of all of these things. Like at some point, and this is just me, and maybe it's the old man in me, but I there there needs to be a little bit of personal responsibility developed here, right? Uh, it's unlimited visits, which you should be able to have access to as many schools as you think you need, right? And some kids can't afford to go to all, go see all the different places where they want to see. So I, I I understand, but I doesn't there need to be a little bit of accountability at some point, like? Maybe five isn't enough, but... They jump to unlimited real quick. Yeah. You go to unlimited really, really quick, and like the transfer portal. Should a kid be held at a school that he made the decision of previously whenever there's been coaching changes and conference changes and whatever has has happened? Well, maybe not. But does that mean that we should have absolute unlimited transfers from anywhere to anywhere? I we got to put in something that that it feels like there's a middle ground yeah, somewhere. Yeah, there's there. got to be something, right? And I don't know. I I'll tell you the transfer portal, which I don't know. Maybe there was a bunch of players begging for the transfer portal that we need to have unlimited transfers. I don't necessarily know that that's the case, but it feels like they made it happen because there was this big clamoring for it. Um, I think it had more to do with some of the situations where the NCAA didn't allow it, right, whenever there were clear cases where they should have. But I, I, I don't necessarily think that it's been a net positive for players. I mean, you see, there are so many players that just get left out to dry. They just don't find a team. They have to drop, you know, down to different levels that, you know, they don't, they think they're better than. I mean, the the basketball season just ended, and mm-hmm. I saw that over, I think it was around 20% of all like, D1 players were in the portal. Like 1,600 or something it's, like it's that? It's an players? insane number, and not all of them are going to find a team. And, you know, I guess that's the risk you take by going to the portal, but Again, like like you said, it's I, a double-edged sword. Too. Yeah, exactly. If if you're saying we should be allowed to transfer anywhere that we want, well, guess what? That means someone else can transfer in and take your position from exactly. you. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I don't know that this has necessarily been a net positive for the players, like maybe they had in, uh, envisioned. But this is it's just like the NIL to me, right? The NIL situation went from you can't have uh, two servings of food at the cafeteria to we've got groups of boosters putting millions of dollars in and giving uh, a million dollars to a high school kid and 
Lamborghini endorsement deals. That's it's because the NCAA can't go from zero to five. They go from zero to unlimited. It almost felt like the NCAA was in their head. Okay, you guys want NIL? Here's NIL. It is. It was almost a spiteful thing. What I found the middle ground in my eyes should have been: you can sell jerseys with your name on it. You can have. You can sign signatures. You can have. Um, you know, like literally your name, image, and well, likeness. That's out there. right. But here's what happened: the NCAA would not give any ground, so it went to court. And when it went to court and it forced, like, I think, was it California who had the first rule that shot it down? Like, yeah, something like that. Because you wouldn't give anything, it went past you. And once it went past you, they basically invalidated whatever you thought maybe should happen, and it's left with what we have now. So, I mean, it's not an easy situation, but I don't know. Um, we'll see how it goes. I heard some people earlier on – uh, Stillman and Thune saying that college football is going to be done as we know it in five years. I don't know. There still has to be. There still has to be college football. Like the the NFL players, it's not bad. It's not like basketball. It's not like baseball. In baseball, if you throw, you throw a hundred miles an hour. At 18 years old, well, then, you know, you can go throw in the majors if you're good enough, right? There was a handful of OU recruits that got drafted, so they didn't come. Right. So, yeah. In in basketball, if you're six foot ten, you can handle the the basketball. You can hit the step back three. Like, okay, because you play a sport where you don't have to get smashed by a 330 pound defensive lineman. Right. So football is really the only sport where they're because of how good the players are in the NFL, there has to be a bridge league. You can't take high school kids to the NFL. I one out of a hundred million or whatever. There's there's maybe a handful of guys that have ever been able to maybe make that jump and it's only at a, a couple of different positions. So College football, it's a it's a necessity. There has to be a developmental league between high school and the NFL, unlike the other sports. Like you just have to have it. So I I just I don't see any way that college football goes away. Now, is it does it always mirror what we have now? Maybe, maybe not, but it's always gonna be there. All right, let's see what some uh, folks are talking about. Um, OSSAA rules on transfers. Uh, should that change now too? I think it kind of is. I I don't I don't necessarily understand what all's going on out there, but there's a lot of school, a lot of states that are starting to line up and knock out the school choice thing. Well, and I remember. Like when I was in high school, for example, we had a quarterback um, playing for us. He's now the starting quarterback at Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. He was this huge prospect. He was he was the chosen one for our hometown. They played their first year. We were awful, terrible. Mm-hmm. And he transferred over to the next school over, 
that was a, a bigger school, a 6A school, mm-hmm. and they made him sit for an entire year because of that. I don't know if they do that anymore. I don't know if they make you sit. Because I know if you could prove and without, you know, like there are certain guys that, you know, might right. be transferring that just happen to play sports. But if you can say this guy is transferring for, you know, athletic reasons that they made you sit, I don't know if they do that anymore. Yeah, I think I think they do. Um, I, I think they do. I, 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 I don't know the rules on that, but I know it's not as easy as – you think it is to transfer. I mean, it still can be very difficult. Uh, here's a text. Teddy, it's the NFL that is in trouble. Kids will get paid in college and retire, get in, and then get out before your brain gets bashed in. No. Number one, they're not they're not going to make any amount of decent money. There's going to be one maybe two, in rare cases, four or five guys that make any decent amount of money. There is no kid that is going to make uh, enough money to just step away. All right? It's just, that's just not going to happen. I mean, if, if you're good enough to make that kind of money in college, you're, you're good go enough to, to go make more in the NFL. You're going to make more in the NFL. And, yeah. I mean, yeah. at least – I could see, I mean, like with the Tua situation, for example, like he, I think he should retire now because of the, like how many concussions he's had, but he still played a couple years. So I could see people exiting the NFL earlier, but not just skipping on the NFL entirely. Yeah, it's hard. I, if for most guys, most guys aren't first round top picks that make a, as much money as a, a starting quarterback. Most guys who have, like some guys will step away because of concussions, but most of the time it's you can't get on a team because of concussions. It's a liability. So um, I don't know. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. I see the text coming in. We'll get to some on the other side. 651-3439. Stay tuned. Rush is back in studio today. 651-3439 on the text line. Hanging out with Pierce today. Tyler out on vacation and i saw kendall text earlier does tyler get more vacation than anyone at the station i think that's right i think that's right i think it's true um he's always out that's good though go find some stuff you want to do enjoy it the weather's beautiful uh good stuff um i saw a text on here earlier about will the xfl end up being the kind of the bridge for high school to the nfl I don't think so. Uh, there's too many. I XFL doesn't. I I like the XFL. I think the XFL is a good place for guys. Like the draft is not a lot of players. There's a lot of good players out there, and sometimes the turnover doesn't match how many good players are are coming out of college in the NFL. Like there needs to be a place for those guys to continue to play, develop, um, get better. But college is. It's it's too big. There's too many massive programs. There's too many good players that are um, like the. You can't just like that. That process is not just going to die, in my opinion. I there's going to be some changes and some stuff that we probably don't like, but I I don't think it's going anywhere. I think I think for the most part, it's it's really going to stay the same and. 
honestly, I I think the NCAA's involvement is like the the clock is ticking, and if if the Big Twelve and Pac like if the Pac twelve is is about to fold and we're going to four power conferences and all of that stuff gets set before the twelve team playoff, I I think that is about the end of the NCAA involved with football. I think that the conferences are going to end up taking over for themselves and instituting the rules that they think are fair and make sense and hold each other to those. And and I think that's where it's going to end up going. But uh, I don't know. We'll have to see what happens in the, uh, in the near term. You've been following any of the spring football. You got anything that you're excited about with the spring game coming up? I mean, there's the spring game is just I I try to just check out all the new guys. Yeah. So um, that Michigan wide receiver uh, transfer Anthony. Anthony yeah. I mean, he's a guy that I've been to a couple practices, and you know he's been a fun guy to watch over there. A lot of my a lot of my friends are covering the practices, and they say he's a lot of fun. So uh, that's my main thing I watch at the spring game is watch those transfers. Um, you know, Desan obviously he's going to be. Uh, a lot of fun to watch. So that's my main thing. The, the biggest thing I'm excited for the spring game is I'm going to be on the sidelines. I'll, I'll oh, be I'll really? be in the end zone. Yeah, I'll be back when the end zones rec- recording for uh for Gaylord. So how about that's, that? That's what I'm looking forward to the most. Let's try and don't watch the uh, the kickoffs, the punts, yeah, uh, field goals. Don't get hit by a stray football. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try my hardest. The first basketball game I covered, uh, it was like. I was on the I was on you know underneath the basket film or whatever, and a loose ball was coming our way, and Eddie Radozovich is right next to me. He goes up to catch it, and he whiffs on it, and it bounces off his hand and it just hits me in the face. It was it was first game I covered. Perfect. The, the entire crowd goes like, ooh, it was ooh. it was bad, man. Yeah. It, it was not good. So I'm gonna try not to do that. At the Did someone game. send you the video of it? Of, of... No, thank. It was a really small game, which is what was okay. good. It wasn't like it was it was like UTA. It was over winter break, so like no students were there. So mm-hmm. it worked out kind of in the best way. But it's one of those things where it's gonna be cool to be down there next to the action, but. It doesn't come without a risk. Yeah. There's always a chance that you could do something to make a, a huge ass of yourself yeah. on on video with everyone to see mm-hmm. right That's there on the Jumbotron. The only other football game I've covered was the Alamo Bowl. And the entire time I was just focusing on not doing anything dumb. <laughs> I was just trying to be – I was trying to, like, stay out of the way. I, I don't right. want to make any, any any TV at all. I was just going to – Yeah, exactly. That was my goal. Have you ever been – have you ever – been down on the uh the sideline for any games or anything kind of seeing the live action no i haven't so um each football season so far these last two years i've been the producer of one of our live uh like pre-game college football shows and so i haven't had the chance to cover any of the games because i'm too busy doing that so this will be the first semester i've had in a football season where i'm not doing that um so i'm assuming uh i've already talked to our sports director nate fake a little bit um i'm going to be going to a couple of away games uh this, this season so I'm really hoping they give me the BYU trip. I think that would be a lot of fun just seeing that stadium. Yeah. So it would be cool. I'm hoping to I'll, I'll I'll report back on some of the action I get to see from this year, but I unfortunately have not got to see a lot of it up close like that. Well, I'm excited. There's going to be plenty of young guys, and I've been out to to watch some of the practices, and um, I'll give you the list of guys that I'm excited for the fans to see. Number one, Jackson Arnold. Um, it's always fun to see the quarterback, right? Five-star quarterback, and he's got it. He's athletic. He's got a big arm. 
They're going to push it down the field. Um, sure, he'll he'll probably get out and run a little bit and, and show his athleticism. He's going to be fun. You mentioned Andrew Anthony's an absolute burner, great deep ball threat. Um, he's not a newcomer, but he's going to be stepping into a much larger role. Jalil Farouk, like this is his opportunity to go out there and 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 see if he can become maybe the go-to guy or one of the go-to guys. The two young running backs look really good. The early arrival running backs, um, good players. I bet they're going to get uh, some opportunities to show what they've got. Um, defensively, not newcomers, but I think people are going to be excited to to watch the battle at Mike Backer. And this may be one of the more important position battles on the team. Battle at Mike Backer between Canick and Kobe McKenzie. Uh, incredibly important there. Um, I Peyton Bowen, I'm sure, is going to get plenty of time at safety. See how he looks out there in some live action, live bullets. That's going to be fun. Um, some of the transfer guys defensively across the defensive line. Um, Lacey, the Notre Dame transfer. Um, I think people are really going to like Bothroyd. Uh, even though he's he he's just he <laughs> he does not look like like if if you there was a lineup you say pick our best defensive end he would not be the person that you pick. But he's strong. He he gets to the quarterback. He's productive. I think people are going to like watching him. And then some of the some of the guys in the secondary uh, corner, uh, Josiah Wagner's had a really good uh, camp so far, and Kendall Dolby is uh, playing well. Yeah, I think the defensive back position is what I'll probably be watching the most just because I feel like that's been the problem in the past for these OU teams. I mean, that's been the weak point. I think it may end up being the strength of our defense this year. That's, you know, that's the hope. And it's it's been so weird. It's going to be weird watching an OU team where you don't really have to worry about that pass game. You, you know, you don't have to more worry more about the run game, that kind of thing. So that I think that's a, a great shift uh, for the OU defense. If they can lock down the defensive back position, I think – a lot of that puzzle will kind of start to click together and a lot you'll see that Brent Venables defense yeah. kind of finally like mesh together. Someone on the text line just mentioned Austin Stogner back in the Steelers yeah. uniform. That'll be fun to watch again. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think he's going to have a good year. What does that mean numbers-wise? Hard to say. Uh, I think I think tight end, especially for a guy like Stogner, it may be I they've got their stuff. We'll see how it works and like, because whenever you go against your own defense, I don't know that you always get a net, a good feel for for how big of a, a mismatch a guy like Stogner can be. Yeah. He's just you just kind of use him in the in the in the typical way that you run your offense. But in in the fall when games start to roll around, I feel like he could be a guy that it's a snowball effect. Couple of catches early. Uh, as the season wears on, the competition gets more difficult. It's going to be easier to find him in some of the play-action stuff. He's going to become an easier target. That could end up being really productive, and you say, well, gosh, this is this has been a good weapon for us. Let's start to develop that and find different ways to get him the ball. So I feel like it may be somewhat slow early on in build as the season rolls on. All right, let's hit a timeout. On the other side, and this is for the text line as well, I want to hear 
what problem areas you guys want to see addressed in the spring game from from last season carrying forward. Some of the things like we all want to see the fun stuff like the deep balls and you know the quarterback play. What's the, what's the young guy uh, Jackson Arnold going to look like? But what are some of the problem areas you're going to be looking for out there to see if we've made any adjustments or um, beefed up those those areas a little bit? All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. All right, rush is back. Final segment, hour number one. Texts are flying in. Appreciate you guys. Uh, let's hit some of these for what you guys are are looking for. Uh, in the spring game, what uh, what problem areas do you want to see that we've uh, fixed? Coverage, coverage, coverage from the eight one seven. Agree, we got to be better in coverage. And I think a lot of that comes with uh, just being able to line up in the right right place. Last year it was a fire drill at times, and it still is this year because it's tough. They're they're going up against an offense that probably goes as fast or faster than anyone in the country. So that can be difficult at times. Tackling, 100%. Uh, from the 319, I want to see some situational third and long, um, uh, third and longs and reducing the opponent's third down conversion. Uh, I agree. Yeah, third down was not good for us last year, really, on, on either side. We were, I think, I think we were just middle of the road offensively and defensively I don't know where we ended up but as as far as meaningful third downs it was not good fitting the run and getting off blocks from the 719 area code totally agree uh so many of our issues over the years have come from starting in the wrong place not being lined up being on the wrong side of blocks like most of the time like I saw a bunch of people freaking out over Billy Bowman missing a tackle maybe on uh, Tawi that they put out on social media. Well, I don't remember who it was. Maybe it was – I think maybe it was Canick. It was one of the linebackers has the running back dead to rights in the in the hole, right, where it's easier to tackle someone because they're limited. They can't, they can't just, you know, shake you. You're coming downhill on them. Uh, we – make a, a very soft hit, soft wrap-up, and just fall off. And then Bowman, who's coming from depth, and I'm not saying that he shouldn't have made the play. He should have, but it shouldn't get to him. It gets progressively more difficult to make that play the longer it goes and the more grass is there. So, I mean, that's, for me, fitting those runs. It's Don't let it get to the point where it becomes that difficult. Um Let's see. D-line. For me, it's the D-line, especially interior guys. I agree with that. That's from the 806. Um, we we need to get better on the interior defensive line. Well, really on the entire defensive line, including the edge players. Um, I think as a group right now, we play too high. I, we can't do anything about our size, right? We're, we're limited on our size. It is what it is. But in order – to be better whenever you're smaller. There's a lot of really good defensive linemen that aren't as big as you think. Tommy Harris, when he played at OU, was like 285, 290. And he was an absolute terror. Why? Because he played incredibly low and with impeccable technique. Uh, and he was an unbelievable athlete. Like, there's a lot there. But he played incredibly low and was explosive. The taller you are, the harder it is. The lighter you are, the more important it is to 
to play low. We've got a lot of guys that happen to be on the tall side and on the light side for the position. That makes it even more important that you play with really good pad level. So I agree on that. Uh, biggest hope is improved pass rush from the D-line and edge. Unfortunately, we really won't know until we get into conference play. We looked good last season in the first few games. That's right. I think it was uh, Grimes that stacked up like four sacks in like the first two or three games. It's like, this guy's going to go double digits. Nope. Didn't have another one the rest of the year. And there is quite a bit of truth to that. Like Our non-conference schedule is incredibly easy. Um, we may not learn a whole lot about what we truly have, but – even early, we should be able to have a ton of tackles for loss and sacks. So, uh, I agree. Squeezing the pocket from the 918. That's right. Um, may not have great talent yet, but discipline and savvy can happen now. You don't have to have a bunch of world beaters to have a level coordinated rush against the quarterback. Too many times last year, it was one of my biggest pet peeves just flying past the level of the quarterback, opening up gaping holes for the quarterback to step through and get out to the outside and make easy throws with no one in his face. Totally agree with that. All right, quick timeout. Keep the text coming. 651-3439. We'll be back.